0: I am Sima, And I'm Macy, And we're O's. And you're listening to KTSW San Marcos.
1: Coming at you live from the
2: KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio.
0: Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler Nation. Welcome to this Friday morning edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Taylor Quinn, and today I'm joined by my producer, Giancarlo Caccio, and my co-host, Thomas Terry, and Orlando Smart. We've got a fun show planned for you guys today where we'll talk about some Bobcat and Rattler sports. But before we get into it, though, let's throw it to Orlando with a word from our sponsor.
2: Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views.
0: Thank you, Orlando. Now let's get started with some Texas State men's basketball. So this is the final road weekend of the season for Texas State, and last night they lost to App State, 82-75. So, the Bobcats are now 12 and 16 on the season, 5 and 10 in conference play. Mason Harrell had another great game. This is his second game in a row with 17 points. I do think the Bobcats fought hard in this game, but there was a point in the first half where they went six minutes without scoring. So, I want to know what did you guys think of this game last night?
2: I'll be honest. Like, the Bobcats are not playing good basketball right now. This is by far the worst the team that has looked since Coach TJ has come to the school. So, they got to find a way to, to get better. I mean, this season is just they, at this point, they just need to focus on getting to the tournament and then just, like, working on coming out strong next season because, I mean, they can't. They just don't really have much to bank on right now. They're not scoring well, like you said, Taylor. They went six minutes without scoring, but throughout the game, they're just terrible from three right now, but that's not stopping them from shooting the threes. They're, they were three for eight in the first half, three for 11 in the second half, so it's like, we, they got to figure out some—they uh, were able to get into the paint in the— I mean, uh, drive the ball into the paint and get to the free throw line in the second half because in the first half, they didn't shoot a single free throw. So, I mean, they just—Coach TJ really has to get these guys back to what they were doing when he first got in there. The culture needs to get back to that because it's it's gone. It's
1: been gone all season. Yeah, we talked about it on Claws to the Wall yesterday. Um, There has to be a sense of continuity between this team, and it just hasn't been there this season. And a lot of that we could chalk it up to injuries with players in and out of the rotation. So I will will give them the benefit of the doubt for that. However, this is still a D1 basketball program, and you have to play up to that standard. So when you look at guys, you know, like Mason Harrell always, he's always balling out. I talked about it a few weeks past that we have to have – the other guys step up, you know, they are more than capable of helping with the load and everything, you know, we have guys like Nigel Caesar, he had 12 points yesterday on six of 10 shooting, that's pretty good, but we need other guys as well, I called out Nate Martin, you know, he, I know he has the potential to do the great things that I know he could do, so on top of that, against Appalachian State yesterday, they gave up 31 free throws, to that team, you have to play without fouling. Anytime you give up 31 free throws and you only shoot 13 in return, it's going to be really hard to win the ball game.
3: Yeah, this the fall off of this team since the past two seasons is just sad to see, honestly. And they remind me of my San Antonio Spurs. They stay in it throughout the game, and then they don't know how to play basketball in the last, like, two minutes of the game. I don't understand. I mean, they kept they kept it going with uh, App State. They scored 54. Well, they allowed... Upstate score 49 in the second half, which just is unacceptable. I think The main problem I see with this team is their offense. They look stagnant Um, The last home game I was at they got like three shot clock violations Within a five-minute span. It was just they don't know. They just don't know how to play well together They haven't gelled and of course injuries have been a part of that without time on the floor You're not gonna be able to get used to how different guys work how what shots they like well, where their spots are, so it's just disappointing to see how the season's turned out. But I'm just hoping that they sneak their way in to the conference tournament. You know, everyone's gonna be like, Bobcats are horrible, and then they just show out like I don't know, like the All Star team or something. I need them to play like the Spurs in 14, you know, in 2014. <laughs> I need to move the ball. I need something because they they like doing all ball on ball screens, but no, they don't like moving without the ball. It's just a simple. Swing through the next swing and cut like simple cuts. I mean, I need some off ball screens, some something moving, some other sets to run because this team just looks stagnant out there.
2: Yeah, Thomas, like you said, like they need to, we need more production from the like the other guys. I won't say the other guys, but like the starters were the only ones that really had any type of production in this game. So it's, And it's like so when those guys aren't scoring, we need to be the the Bobcats need to be able to get some offense from other other guys. Only 16 bench points uh, that the other night. So I mean, I don't want to just harp on like uh, just particular bench players because I mean, you said Mason Harrell balled out, but he didn't shoot too well from the floor. So the efficiency wasn't there. Yeah, like five or 16. But then even I mean Davion Coleman, he he. He put in the effort. He, he was shot, shot one for eight, but, like, that's just not that great of a showing.
1: So Yeah, and each of these dudes, like you say, you don't want to say other guys because every single one of these guys yeah. are a talented basketball player, no exactly. doubt. So.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like they had a chance to win the game yesterday, but they need to be more solid, you know, down the stretch of these games. Like, when they went the six minutes without scoring, App State was able to get an 11-point advantage. So definitely need to work on not having scoring droughts. But, you know, the Bobcats have a chance to bounce back tomorrow. They'll take on Coastal Carolina at 1 p.m., and this game will be on ESPN+. Now, moving on to some Texas State women's basketball. Texas State lost to JMU. The final score was 58-54. This was the first matchup ever, actually, between these two teams. And the Bobcats definitely had a tough time scoring in the second half. They only had nine field goals on 37 shots. I think they played okay defensively. They did like force the Duke, the Dukes into 13 turnovers, but I'm going to open up to you guys and your thoughts about this game.
3: Yeah, this, I was there at this game, and I mean, JMU just balled out. They're shooting fadeaway shots. I mean, it looked like, I don't know what it was. It looked like some WNBA (laughs) players out there. The Bobcats just couldn't get anything going. They were shooting threes and just hocking up shots sometimes. uh, I mean, also credit JMU's defense. They forced Texas State to just shoot some, you know, almost shot clock violations, just hocking up shots up there. And they just couldn't get anything going, really the momentum. They had a few sparks in the first half and a few in the fourth because they were close. They finally got it close to the fourth quarter and tied it. I know Candy Taylor hit a big three in the fourth quarter to finally tied it. I Think 54 54, but then they just couldn't get anything going that last play that they tried to run um, in the last minute of the game just JMU just stood stood up and was able to Just haul for all the momentum off of them and pull off with a win Which now JMU is number one in the conference and you see Texas State fall to number four uh, with Old Dominion and Troy above them. So this was a crucial game for them to win it's hard to see them lose but Overall, they're a solid team. I think that last night they just couldn't get any shots going and couldn't build any momentum.
2: Yeah, we've been talking about it all week um, in the episodes leading up to this game. The Bobcats were definitely going to have their hands full with James Madison. They were a very evenly matched team, and it showed in the final score. We only lose them by four, but another thing we specifically said was that the girls were going to have their hands full with Kiki Jefferson. and she's averaging like she's averaging just over 18 points a game and she had 20 in that game so they she she came and played but not only the 20 points she had 12 rebounds and then oh I'm not sure how to pronounce his name Senia Cause Lova had another. also had a double double. She had almost a fifteen. She had fifteen points, fourteen rebounds. So they were they were doing amazing on the on the boards and just killed the the broadcast. They didn't have a single rebounder in double figures, which is in normal. De'Asia Hood is is no. She she rolls out of bed and gets a double double. So it was a just. I mean, a hard fought game that that Texas State. They just got out battled, but luckily they do have a South Alabama team coming up, which is their pretty bad. Uh, just to put it blatantly, they're pretty bad this season. They haven't won a an away game since December. So that'll be a it'll be a home game for the bobcats so they they should be able to take care of business against Al- South Alabama
1: and bounce back from that loss. Yeah, anytime a team shoots sub 30%, we were talking about it before the show today. Anytime a team shoots sub 30%, you're not really going to have an opportunity to win this game. But when you look and see that they only lost by four points, to me, I mean, that's a testament to Coach Antoine and his women's basketball team just about how great they are, despite the loss and everything. They still sit at eighteen and eighteen and eight after this performance. And we have to remember JMU, they were the top team coming into this matchup. So they displayed why they were the top team, but Texas State did not give up by any chance, or by any means did they give up.
0: Yeah, I think they did play really well. But, you know, last possession of the game, Ja'Kala Bowie did turn the ball over, and that really sealed the deal for the Dukes to win it. But, again, Texas State will face South Alabama tomorrow at 2 p.m., and it will be Senior Day. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about some San Marcos High School boys basketball. All right, now let's get into some San Marcos High School boys basketball. They have their first round of playoffs versus Clark, Tuesday the 21st. The Rattlers are aiming to win their first playoff game in eight years. I think they've had a very successful season, you know, despite one of their best players, Caden Gums, being out for 21 games. What are you guys looking forward to for this Rattlers' first playoff game?
3: Yeah, this Rattlers team, they go out there and they whoop butts, man. They just know how to play basketball. They are not a boys team. They are a men's team and you see in the success of their players getting offers of course Kaden gums will be at texas state next season and league press is still deciding on where he wants to go and kofar as well um but this team overall just they know how to play together they have chemistry unlike you know the teams that we've talked about and the men's team uh, for texas state this team they gel well together they know where each other's spots are i mean they'll You know, when you play high school, it's a lot more connective. You know your guys. You go class together. You do everything together. You hang out. So just seeing how they they have the skills, but just seeing how their chemistry has proved them to be this successful has been a testament to see. And also credit to Coach Dan Miller and the way that he's been able to bring these guys together as a group, leading soldiers into battle. And I mean Clark, I think currently they finished fourteen and seventeen, if I'm correct. So. I'm gonna be I like Charles Barkley today. I guarantee a win over Clark for the boys. Team. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna jinx them and guarantee it. Last <laughs> time I said that they lost, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they do have it. They're gonna give themselves a great chance to win this game. Uh, you are correct, Clark went fourteen to seventeen on the year with San Marcus finishing thirty-four and three. Um we talked about it on the podcast. I think that the loss against New Braunfels, it was good for them to get that loss out of their system and everything. You don't want to go into the playoffs um, with a cocky mentality or anything like that. So they bounced back against East Central Tuesday night, winning 75-61. And I was actually, I was producing that game, and I heard our own guys talking about, you know, how much of a dunk fest that it was and how rocking and crazy the snake pick was that game. So when you look at the team that they have and you talk about the cohesiveness of it, they have nine seniors on that team. This is a very seasoned, experienced team, and I think they are going to showcase that throughout the duration of the playoffs.
2: Definitely, and with this Clark team that they have in the first round, it's not going to be easy, but just looking at both teams' schedules throughout the year and just trying to find a common opponent that I could just kind of maybe match up between the two and the Clemens Buffalo is a team that both teams played and San Marcus was able to win that game by three. It was a really hard, close fought game, but Clark lost to that team by twenty. So if that just gives you any type of gauge to where the level of both of these teams are, that's just the cap that's just what the San Marcus radlers are capable capable of. So I mean, I have a lot of confidence in them going into this game and I know they have a lot of confidence, but it's it's earned confidence. They dominated all season. They're not I wouldn't I wouldn't call them um I'm not saying anyone up but they're not they aren't being cocky. There's not no arrogance there. They've they've earned the right to feel the way that they do and it's it's just, just based off like you had cohesiveness, they play well together, they know what they're doing and they they can have they really can go far in these playoffs.
0: Yeah. Even like last season, I watched the Rattlers a few times play against Lake Travis and their improvement from last season to this season is insane. You know, Malik Presley is just dominant, averaging 20 points per game. And, you know, he actually said that he loves playing against Caden Gums, and he thinks Caden Gums has made him like a really good player. So I'm definitely looking forward to this first round of playoffs. So let's move on now to some Texas State softball. Texas State softball is hosting three teams for the I-35 tournament. They had a game last night against Lamar where they won 9-0. Tory McCann threw a shutout and six Bobcats were able to drive in a run. McCann struck out seven people and only allowed two hits in the span of five innings. What did you guys think about this dominant performance from the Bobcats?
3: Yeah, this team is just they look sharper than they have been than they were last season, and it's exciting to see. I'm excited. I get to see him this weekend and be on the call with Colton um, for Sunday's matchups. But going from their um, tournament that they hosted last weekend, Texas State tournament, and you know opening the season with a loss, um, head coach Ricky Ward really um, emphasized to the team that you need to bounce back quick. And I believe they were number two in the preseason polls, um, the coaches polls. So needing to bounce back quick, just showing that your opponents that you know we're not, you know we're not just hyped. You know, we are a solid team and we can go far in this conference, especially we've just seen in almost every sport so far that the new teams added have been able to dominate. JMU in women's basketball, I think Southern Miss was number one at one point um, in men's basketball as well. Just and in football, this new Sunbelt Conference team, the way that the new Sunbelt Conference, the way that it's been, has just been tough for Texas State and other sports to adapt to. And I believe that softball and baseball will have a challenge but that they can step up to the plate no pun intended <laughs> but that they'll be able to just show out once it comes time for conference play that they're a sharp team and that they are not to be messed with because now their players are a little more seasoned Jessica Mullins is a dangerous player to go up against and they just have heavy hitters as well so going into this weekend it's going to be exciting to see what they bring out um, especially against these non-conference teams where you have a chance to to scare your conference opponents by the time that that comes up in the season.
1: Yeah, and talking about that matchup actually last night against Lamar, the Bobcats won nine to zero. And just looking back at it, you know, we were talking about Sarah Vanderford the other day. She hit it. She opened it up with an RBI double. The scoring, I should say, with an RBI double and reigning freshman. Some Bell freshman of the year, Sierra Trahan, she was the one that scored on that RBI double. So when you look at that and a domino effect that it can have on different players, you know, Hannah Earl's get getting through with doubles and everything. Sierra Trahan getting herself going with singles and all of that, it's it has an effect on the team. And when one person starts to hit, the bats get woke up. Yep. And you could definitely see that. Yeah, definitely. And what I want to do first
2: is give a shout out to Tori McCann that like you said she pitched a shutout but we're both cedar ridge high school alumni from ron rock so i just want to give a quick we are cr to Tory mccann <laughs> for that and then like you said just a all-around great game from all the girls uh sierra tran stole two bases emily baker stole a base they were just just a well-rounded team overall last the other night so i just want to give a shout out to the all the girls and
0: Yeah, the Bobcats did have their first nine batters all reach base, so I think that definitely gave them some momentum for the game, and they just played awesome overall. And they actually have another game tonight at 5 p.m. against South Dakota State, and our own Kobe Jackson and David Castaneda will be on the call. Now, moving on, we're going to talk about some Texas State baseball. It's opening day for Texas State baseball. They have a three-game series against Northwestern. They're coming off their best season in program history. And this will be the first ever meeting between Texas State and Northwestern. And it's actually the fifth year straight that the Bobcats are facing a new opponent for the first time to open up a season. Tonight, Levi Wells is going to be on the mound. He's coming off great season. He had a 3.07 ERA and 86 strikeouts. What are you guys looking forward to for this upcoming baseball season?
3: Yeah, this baseball team, just going back on how they had so much success last season and bringing that into this season. Exciting to see what coach head coach uh, travel will show us tonight against Northwestern. I'm just excited to see how this team will be able to adjust. Um, of course, it's non conference play, but just when it comes to conference play, how they'll adjust to the new teams. I think Southern Miss was ranked above them um, in the Sun Belt uh, preseason coaches poll. So if I'm the team, I'm like, Ain't no way. Ain't no way some new guy coming in my conference and taking number one spot (laughs) away from me. There ain't no way. So I'm going out there, and I'm trying to destroy Northwestern if I'm the Bobcats. So I just want to see the tenacity that they bring out in this opening day, this opening weekend. Um, I know this team is serious. They want um, another championship. They want to go far. Um, I think, what is this, Road to Omaha is what it's called for baseball. I think softball is Oklahoma, right? I think so. I'm not sure. But the road to Omaha, they want to go far. I mean, they, it was heartbreaking to see them lose to Stanford last year. I was watching that game, and I had never watched baseball, a complete game of baseball in my life before I got here in my freshman year last year to watch the Texas a, uh, baseball team. So with the success that they've had and the pieces and the weapons that they have, it's just exciting to see that baseball is finally back. You know, Slam Marcos, Texas is finally there back. So I'm
1: excited. Yeah, this team went forty seven and fourteen last year, twenty six and four in conference play, so you can only go up from here, I believe. You know, they have a lot of talented players coming back and returning with that experience. You got guys like Dalton Shuffield who uh, led the team, I believe, with a 373 batting average. That is extremely good, you know. You got guys that are shooting right now in college basketball, can't even shoot 38%. <laughs> so to be able to hit a baseball, uh, people don't really realize how hard the sport of baseball <laughs> yeah. really is. It is it's a pretty difficult sport to play. So... Yeah, these guys, extremely talented, can't wait to see what they do this season, and best of luck to them.
2: Yeah, what I'm looking forward to most is, like you said, returning players. Uh, Last year, Dalen Pena was a freshman, but he was one of the best batters on the team, on a team with players who were drafted into the MLB. So he's going to, he bat 270, uh, hit seven home runs, got on, hit nine doubles, so we're just we're really just excited to see what he's going to be able to do this season uh, to bounce back as a sophomore because just getting that experience under your belt, just learning just the ins and outs of the game and just getting a feel for the, the college because it's a big step up going from high school to college. And so getting that freshman year under his belt and playing so well just lets me know that he's doing, he's in for a big season.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, senior outfielder Jose Gonzalez back. He drove in a team high 60 runs, and he definitely helped the Bobcats out a lot last season. So looking forward to that. And again, they play Northwestern tonight at 6 p.m., and that game will be on ESPN+. Moving on from Bobcat Sports, we're gonna talk about some NBA All-Star Weekend. So, Saturday night, you know, we got the Skills Challenge, the three-point contest, and the dunk contest. I wanna talk about the Skills Challenge a little bit. Oh. Giannis did get hurt last night in the game against the Bulls. he sprained his wrist. Yeah, yeah, sprained his wrist, but it is supposed to be Team de DeCumpo, Team Jazz, and Team Rookies. How are you guys feeling about that? Who do you think has the best chance to win it?
1: Yeah, I said yesterday, team Adekakumbo brothers uh, with Alex, Thanasis, and Giannis, but you just, you have to think, how does that wrist injury affect him if he will even participate this upcoming weekend? So if he doesn't participate, I can see team rooks actually maybe pulling out the dub. These are some talented rookies, Paolo Bencaro, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith Jr. These are some great players, great rookies in the league this year, and I think they'll be able to get the dub for the skills (laughs) challenge. I'm going with team jazz
2: i think colin sexton is so fast i think he's going to be the difference maker in this uh skill challenge i think he'll get his team a lead or well depending on where he goes if he's the anchor leg i feel like he'll come and hog down whoever he's playing because i just think he'll be able to speed through it he's he's a great passer great dribbler and then i mean anyone can make a layup or a dunk so i think he's going to be blazing through this skill
3: challenge yeah, I w- would agree with you with Team Jazz, but I must point out to Jordan Clarkson, um, San Antonio, uh, connections right there. But <laughs> I mean if they lose, he might square up with the rest of the teams, like <laughs> he likes to do. So, um, but no, the overall con section is really good. Jordan Clarkson and, you know, the on Giannis did get hurt. So, um it's exciting to see what it will be. I usually miss the skills challenge. I'll just look at it on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm not that hyped. But you know, with the new format, uh, I'll give it a shot. This-
0: yeah, I also honestly think that Team Jazz is gonna win. I think Colin Sexton has a great burst and good floor spacing ability. So, and they also have home co- home court advantage and that chemistry already together. So, I'm definitely gonna go with Team Jazz.
1: So three to one. <laughs> oh man. <my. laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, for the three point contest, we got players like Damian Lillard, Tyler Hero, Jason Tatum. Who who are you getting for this one?
2: Oh, I'm going, Buddy Hield. Um, In my opinion, Buddy Hield is the absolute best three-point shooter in the NBA. Who's not named Steph Curry or Clay Thompson? He's he doesn't he's not like a star player, but or anything like that. But he pretty much is a three-point specialist his look at his last game he shot eight shots six of them were three or he made eight shots six of them were threes he shot 60 percent from the three-point line I like, you're shooting six for ten you can sh- like most people i'm not i'm gonna be upset if you shoot six threes in a game but if you make six threes in a game you can shoot however many you want because he's amazing like, i guess he has he's just knocked down from three so i think he's That's his kind of specialty, so even though players like Damian Lillard are like there, he shoots from very far for sure, but I don't think he can match up with
1: Buddy Hill in a just straight three-point contest. Yeah, that's bold of you to say because I got (laughs) Damian Lillard winning this one. You know, Damian Lillard, to me, he's the best shooter in the league outside of the likes of Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and maybe Kevin Durant. I'll put him in there too, but he's been injured. So, yeah, Damian Lillard to me, He's going to take the dub in his three-point competition. But I do want to ask, how do y'all feel about um, Anthony Simons? He's been replaced by Julius Randle. Horrible. I was confused when I saw the notification. I'm like, what is this? I had to make sure it wasn't for the dunk contest. I had to make sure it was the (laughs) three-point contest I was looking at. And then I looked at his stats. He shoots 33% from three. So I don't know what the league is necessarily thinking here. But...
2: Hey. I don't know. He ain't my Yeah, in comparison, (laughs) Buddy Hill is shooting forty two percent from three. So that's just and I mean, that's just the where he the rest of the three point shooters in this contest are. He's not thirty three is not a great three point percentage for anyone out there who's wondering. It's the most like it's not terrible, but like for But for the volume of shots that he takes. Exactly. And for the caliber of players he's shooting with, thirty three percent is not good. So that's very questionable decision by the league there.
3: Yeah. My pick though, I mean, y'all make some great points, but I feel like a lot of these shooters are streaky shooters. You know, they like coming off the dribble. Um, I would agree Buddy Hill has always been a great three point shooter. Um, I like Jason Tatum as well. I mean Tyler Hero has a song about him, so he better show up and <laughs> and, and, and ball out. But I'd probably say i probably have to agree with you, Orlando, with Buddy Healed on this one, um, for the three point contest, yeah.
0: I'm honestly between Buddy Hield and Damian Lillard. Buddy Hield is leading the NBA in threes this season, and he won the three-point contest. I think it was 2020. So, but Damian Lillard has been hot lately, and um, I think that it'll be close between those two for sure. Well, we're gonna wrap it up, so I'm gonna throw it to Giancarlo with the weather.
3: All right, I'm I'm valid for this, okay? I'm in okay. meteorology class. I'm ready, and I passed my first exam, so <laughs> yes, I know sir. what I'm talking about. Currently, is cloud, partly cloudy in San Marcos with 46 degrees as the current temperature. And it will be a low of 33 as we get into the nighttime and high of 53 around 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. And the winds are brutal, to say the least. 13 miles per hour um, coming in from the south. So be careful. Bundle up. Make sure you put some lotion. Don't be walking around ashy to class. So this weekend, though, it will be cloudy. 55 degrees is the high for Saturday, 31 the low. And Sunday will be 73 high and 44 low. So a little better on Sunday, a little better for some softball to watch. So make sure you all come out and support.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't worry. We'll have you covered again with everything Bobcat and Rattler related on our Monday edition of BCR next week. Now, if you enjoyed this episode of Bobcat Radio and want to continue to hear more, make sure to keep up with us by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. For Giancarlo Caccio, Thomas Terry, and Orlando Smart, I'm Taylor Quinn, and thank you for listening to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.